Right, so hello everyone. Um, welcome to um, Co. Is it Coers or Coffee? I think this is this one's Coers, or is it not Coers? Is is it? I think it is. Yeah, it's Coers. So welcome to Coers with Christ, and I'm just gonna be talking you through a quick um Bible study. It's quite. I'm hoping that it's not gonna be very long, but might be so just stay with me for a while but I'm talking to you today about something I've titled the QSS protocol you can simply call it the QSS protocol the QSS protocol whatever but we're gonna be looking at James chapter 1 verses 19 to 26 it's quite very famous Bible verse so uh, I'm going to read it out to you from the English Standard from the ESV. That's the English Standard Version. Yeah, that's the one. So <clears throat> it goes. Here we go. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with me meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." Verse 26, last verse. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not brittle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, so I'm just going to talk about that. So today we're just going to be talking about QSS. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. That's what QSS stands for. It's taken out of James 1, 19 to 26. So you can turn there with me, grab your Bibles, grab your phones, just whatever. Just turn there with me. QSS. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So I'm going to start off first with just talking about it's important to just keep a tight rein on your tongue. You've heard, I've heard it said somewhere that you know, you have two ears and one mouth, so it means you're supposed to listen more and talk less. So I'm going to start with slow to speak. We must be careful when we choose our words. We must be, <clears throat> the Amplified puts it like this, a person who is slow to speak is a speaker of carefully chosen words. So if you turn with me just to... Proverbs 17, 28, it says, Even fools are wise when they keep quiet. If they don't speak, they appear to understand. So we just, we have to be very careful. It's plain, it's very plain really, but it's just something that I want us to all just adopt in our lives. It's something that I'm learning. It's something I want everyone to learn as well. We must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I want us to memorize that. QSS. So whenever you're in a conversation, whenever you're doing anything, just remind yourself, today I'm going to be QSS. I'm going to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. So we've all heard the saying, um, empty barrels make the most noise. The less you talk, the wiser you become. 
it's fools that talk all the time. And that's not to say that don't speak. We don't mean keep your mouth sealed. What that Bible verse means is when it comes to talk, when it comes to when you do have something to say, don't engage in mindless, meaningless conversations. Be mindful of the conversations you engage in. Be careful as you choose your words. Don't think you're too smart. Don't think you know it all. You know what? Even if you do know it all, you must still choose your words with wisdom. You must articulate yourself in in a way in a way that is that is appropriate, that shows that you have been careful. This is this is something that, you know, not many preachers of today are able to do. And I know that we are not supposed to care about the opinions of others and we are only supposed to you know, care about the opinion of God and what he thinks, but that doesn't mean we should be a jerk when we articulate our faith and when we speak to other people about the word of God in our lives. It doesn't mean that we should be careless when we choose our words. And that's something I really love about someone that I admire so much, Ravi Zacharias of RZIM Ministries. He's very careful when he's, whenever he's answering a Q&A, whenever he does a Q&A and he has to answer a question, he pauses, he actually stops to think or he starts off with a story he's very very careful in the way that he articulates himself and it's something that we all must emulate i mean when it comes to evangelism and just talking about your faith in general you must be very 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 careful to speak with 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 wisdom and you know with carefully it's that, that phrase carefully chosen words Think about what you want to say and then think to yourself before the sentence comes out of your mouth. Or um, how do I put this? Um, could I have said this in a, in a better way, in a more articulate way? Is there a way that I could have said this without hurting the other person, without offending the other person? And I know that we can't please everybody, but we should still be careful what we say okay it doesn't just mean not swearing or not speaking vulgar words it means constructing your speech in the way you respond again just reading from my notes I've, I've written down in the way you respond to questions about your faith or your opinions carefully choose your words don't engage in baseless arguments so that's slow to speak slow to speak is Something about just keeping a tight rein on your tongue and being very careful the words that come out of your mouth. We, we often don't think before we speak and it's something that we all need to put more effort in, really. It sounds easy, but when we live it out, you realize how careless we are when we speak. Okay, so the second thing is slow to get angry. And I'm dealing with the S's first before I deal with quick to listen but you'll see why so slow to get angry the amplified puts it like this patient reflective and forgiving i love the i love those three um words used to describe slow to get angry patient reflective and forgiving you see he says human anger does not produce godly righteousness godly righteousness is the standard of behavior that god ex that god what have i written down in my notes now sorry i'm just reading that from my notes it says 
Human anger does not produce godly righteousness. Godly righteousness is the standard of behavior that God expects of those who are in right standing with him through faith in Jesus Christ. That's a very long phrase, so I'm just going to go over that again. Godly righteousness is the standard of behavior God expects of those who are in right standing with him through faith in Jesus Christ. So that is godly righteousness. God expects us to behave a certain way due to the fact that we are in right standing in, with him because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so if human anger does not produce godly righteousness, what does it produce? It produces self-righteousness. Human anger produces self-righteousness. Human anger makes you your judgment clouded. It, it makes you unable to see the fault in your actions. Even if you weren't wrong, because you're angry, because you're unable to emphasize, you are unable to produce the kind of behavior God expects of you in that moment. So human anger will not help you live the, the right kind of life that God wants because it comes from a deep-seated resentment, either of men or of circumstances. Human anger is often either based on anger directed towards the circumstances that you found yourself in or directed towards a person. So that's why I always say human anger is either towards men or towards circumstances. So it's a deep-seated resentment towards either a person or a circumstance it makes a person think that he or she is morally right and you're unable to emphasize as i said again so you're unable to emphasize with the other party and you're unable to think clearly and in that moment you you cannot behave in the way that god expects you to and that's why human anger does not produce godly righteousness so just continuing on with that so verse 21 says Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Put away out of your life. Amplified says, get rid of, lay aside. Actually, that's not even amplified. That's the, let's see, that's the expanded Bible. That's my third, but I have like four Bibles, which I always study all the time. I tend to get them mixed up from time to time. But it says, get rid of. So get rid of human anger actually get rid of every evil thing it's not just human anger now anything that defiles get rid of it any kind of wrong excessive evil and you know we we think too highly of evil we we think so highly we, we think like evil is characterized by like witches and wizards and things no evil is when you lie okay that's it's wrong Evil is when you look at somebody in a way that you should not have looked at them. That's evil. Okay, so we must get rid of all that stuff. Anything that defiles, any moral filth, defilement, any kind of wrong, all uncleanliness, any wickedness. I think it's the NIV that says, disassociate yourself from all immorality. Or maybe, I think, yeah, I do think it's the NIV. And yes, I still read the NIV despite all of the hate that it has faced in the past in the past couple of months. Disassociate yourself from all immorality. So immorality is not just fornication. It's not just porn. It's not just adultery. It is immoral to lie. It's immoral to steal. It's immoral to look at someone in the wrong way. You know, when we when we take such a big view of evil and of immorality we are working according to the world's standards there is little that's actually immoral by today's standards the world standards on immorality are very very lax and 
rightly so because it's the last days we must take a narrow view of immorality if we're to qualify by god's standards by god's standards lying is immoral gossiping is immoral backbiting is immoral you know i'm saying immoral and maybe that's not even a it's not a big enough word lying is evil gossiping is evil backbiting is evil like we need to realize that so we must get rid of all of that stuff. It's all moral filth. It's all filthiness. It's, it defiles us. It makes us unclean. It makes us impure. We must get rid of all of that stuff. Okay? Verse 21 continues. Receiving the word with humility. Oh, this is going to be longer than I thought. It's going to make this 10 minutes, but it's already longer than I thought. Verse 21 says, we must receive the word of God with humility. I didn't even know that you could receive the word of God with pride. And yet apparently it's possible. We can receive the word of God with self-righteousness. We can receive the word of God with pride. We can think to ourselves, yeah, I already do this. You know what? Like, what's this Bible even saying? Something I've been doing before I even gave my life to Christ. Yeah, I've always been kind. I've always been a good person. You know, when, when you read the word of God and it says, be kind, love your neighbor as yourself. And you think to yourself, yeah, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. I don't need Jesus to tell me about this. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good in God's sight. You know what? And that's just receiving the word of God with pride. That's just receiving the, the word of God with self-righteousness. No, we must take the word of God with meekness. When we hear the word of God, it should, excuse me, <clears throat> it should cause us to reevaluate our actions. It should cause us to think. And to think again about our motives and everything. And you know, Hebrews says the word of God is alive and active and it judges the motives and the intentions of your heart. So when you receive the word of God with humility, you allow it to do its real work of revealing what is in your heart. When you receive the word of God with pride, you don't let it reveal to you your flaws. The word of God is here to expose all that is wrong and help you to heal. The word of God is here. That's why it's alive and it's active. It's not something that you're just meant to read and, you know, forget. That's why that's why we come on to later on talking about not just hearing. So the word of God is meant to be alive and active. You're meant to receive it with meekness. You're meant to receive it with humility so that when you hear it, it can do its real work of exposing and revealing what is in your heart. So humbly accept the word of God. It is the only thing that can save you. Don't just listen to the word of God, actually do what it says. So now we're going to come back to the cue, which is quick to listen. And that was in verse 19. And the Amplified puts it like this. Be a careful and thoughtful listener. Listen to what others are actually saying. I've heard it said somewhere, don't listen to respond, listen to understand. Don't just listen because you want to say something in return. Listen to actually understand what that person is saying. That is the true mark of an effective communicator. When you are able to listen to what a person is saying and understand what they're saying. Instead of listening to someone with the aim of firing a response back at them, listen with the aim of trying to emphasize and trying to understand what they're saying. Be thoughtful when you listen. Filter things through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Be quick to listen to the Holy Spirit, who is the voice of God's word. That's another thing about being quick to listen. It doesn't just mean, oh, once someone is talking to you, you must immediately hear them. It means, you know, when we say, when, when a parent advises you to do something and you don't do it, they say, didn't you hear what I said? Of course, you hear, you obviously, you obviously heard what they said, but you didn't obey. So they asked that question. Didn't you hear what I said? 
I don't know if what I just said is making any sense. But the true mark of hearing, the true mark of listening is how you respond, is how you react. The true mark of listening is obedience, which means you must be quick to listen to the Holy Spirit. That literally means be quick to obey. It doesn't mean any, let's not get too spiritual. It just means be quick to obey, be quick to listen, be quick to heed his word, be quick to heed his instructions. The true mark of listening is obedience. When someone tells you something or gives you advice and you say, I've heard what, you know how we just, I've heard what you said, but you don't do anything about it. If you really heard what they said, if you really took it into account, if you really heard what they said, you would do what they said. So don't just hear and not do. Be quick to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Don't push the voice of conviction away. When you hear the Holy Spirit's voice instructing you to do something, be quick to listen to it. And that's something I've been working on. Just when I hear the Holy Spirit say something and I say to myself, well, I'll get to that after I do all this other stuff. No, do it now. You know, m- many of us, I don't know if you, you're someone who um, deals with stubbornness a lot. I deal with a lot of stubbornness in my life, just being raised the way I've been. I'm, I ended up just very stubborn. I have two stubborn parents, and I'm not ashamed to say that. They, they're not, the word isn't stubborn, it's more of like headstrong. And it's made me headstrong. So you have to... I have to, not you, but I have to really, really, really tell myself when I hear the Holy Spirit asking me to do something, when I hear the Holy Spirit asking me to pray for somebody that I don't want to pray for, I have to heed his instructions. I have to hear his voice. Don't push the voice of conviction away. Verse 22. Those who hear but do not do the word are like those who look in the mirror and forget what they look like. You're like a beautiful lady who looks at herself in the mirror and goes about all day complaining that she's ugly. She didn't hold fast to the image that she saw. Imagine that you're beautiful. You have self-confidence in your reflection at the mirror, but you don't remember what you look like. So you forget immediately after you've seen yourself in the mirror and you've said to yourself, oh, I look adorable, I look beautiful. But then you go away and you get outside. And you let people treat you like less than you are because you've forgotten what you look like. Child of God, when you read the word of God and you feel happy and you say to yourself, oh my God, all this is available to me, but you don't put it in practice, you allow the kingdom of darkness to play with you. That's what, that's what you're doing. Those who are truly happy are those who carefully look Carefully, they didn't just take a careless look in the mirror. You have to carefully bend down. You have to carefully study. You have to pay attention. You have to study your reflection. You have to, to be able to remember it. So obviously, it's not that they didn't look in the mirror. They just carelessly looked. It's just a quick look and pop out. When you want to remember something, you spend time studying it. It's like your books. When you want to remember information, you spend time studying it. So if you want to remember the word of God, you spend time studying it. If you don't want to forget, that's what, that's what it means to hear and not do. If you hear alone, you forget. But if you do, because with active practice, we remember things. If I drive a car once and I never drive it again, I'll never be able to remember But with practice, if I keep on driving this car, I'll eventually know how to do it. So 
The mark of those who are truly happy, that's what verse 25 says, is those who carefully study, carefully study their reflection, carefully study the word of God. Don't just look at it and go away. You must carefully examine it so you don't forget. So we must hear and do. We must practice. We must obey just as Jesus commanded in Luke eleven twenty-eight. Romans 2, 13 tells us that hearing the law alone does not give righteousness. It is those who obey the law that will be made righteous before God. What law are we talking about? I'm not going to get into the law and grace argument right now, but we're just talking about the royal law that's found in scriptures. The reference to God's perfect law, the law that makes people free, refers to the law of, Mo the law of Moses as it is fulfilled in Christ. And you can see that in James 2, 8 to 12. I'm not going to get into that, but I'm just going to say that again. The royal law found in scriptures... Hmm? God's perfect law that makes that makes people free. That's the law that gives liberty. I think that's how it's put in maybe in the King James or something. I think yeah, the KJV actually says the law that makes the the law that brings liberty. So that's the law of Moses as fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And you can find that in James 2, 8 to 12. So if you hear but do not do, I'm just I'm just emphasizing this because it's so serious. If you hear but do not do, if you do not obey the word. You allow the kingdom of darkness to mess with you because by now you ought to know what you look like. You ought to know the power that lies within you. But because you forget what you look like, that lack of knowledge leads to a loss of power. And remember again that famous scripture that says people perish, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They perish because they forget what they look like. Always carry the knowledge of who you are wherever you go. Don't forget what you see in the mirror. Okay. It is important to hear the word also. And to hear it correctly, that's another thing. Many of us hear the word, but do we hear it correctly? Do we hear what's actually said, or do we hear what we want to hear? And that's why I want to emphasize again, filtering what we hear by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we only hear what we want to hear. Like the pastor and the preacher could be saying, could be preaching important stuff could be preaching fire as you would call it um and we would only hear what our flesh wants to hear because that's the voice by which we filtered it we would hear what our flesh wants to hear so you can either hear what your flesh wants to hear or you can hear what the spirit wants to hear it's important to hear the word correctly the way to hear the word correctly is to filter the word that you hear from the person on the pulpit or the word that you hear when you study the bible with the word with, with the voice of the, sorry, with the voice of the word who is the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is the voice of God's word. The Holy Spirit is the voice of God's word. I'm just going to repeat that again. The Holy Spirit is the voice of God's word. So, yeah. What you hear influences what you see in the mirror. The word that you hear influences what you see in the mirror. A correct word will bring a correct perception of yourself. A flawed word will lead to a flawed image. So if you if you didn't hear the word correctly, what you're going to see in the mirror is going to be flawed. I'm just using that illustration of that the illustration in um, verses 23 to 26, which talks about, again, a man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. So if you... <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> if you hear a word and the word that you hear is not correct it's not accurate 
you're not going to get a correct perception of yourself. A flawed word will lead to a flawed image. And a flawed image of Christ is no use against the kingdom of darkness. So, <clears throat> a I'm just going to repeat that from my notes again. A flawed word will lead to a flawed image. And a flawed image of Christ is of no use against the kingdom of darkness. But that's just for those who don't hear the word at all. You see? That's why it's important to hear the word. I'm just speaking now to those who don't hear the word at all, who don't hear the word correctly. There's some, okay, there's some people who don't hear at all. There's some people who hear and don't hear correctly. If you're one of these two people, I'll admonish you today. Be careful what you hear. Be careful how you hear. Do you filter the word of God that you hear through the voice of God's word, who is the Holy Spirit? Filter the word that you hear on the pulpit with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't filter it with your flesh. And we'll get to how to do this another day. But when you hear the word of God on the pulpit, do you, how do you accept that word? Don't take it again. I'm just reiterating everything that I've said so far. Don't take it with pride. Take it with humility. For those who hear the word, continue in the word that gives freedom. So you may be blessed in all you do. That's what, that's what it says in verse 25. So if you continue in what you hear and you actually hear correctly and you do, you'll be blessed in your doing. Now, <clears throat> verse 26. Verse 26 is sort of a wild card. Ideally, the QSS protocol stops in verse 25. I'm sorry, my, my chest is acting up again. Ideally... <clears throat> I have to do this. Ideally, the QSS protocol ends in verse 25, but verse 26 is a wild card. It says, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not brittle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. That's the ESV. So, all religion, all worship to God is worthless and vain if you cannot control the words that you speak. This is why the QSS protocol is so important because of this verse 26. Your worship is worthless if you cannot brittle your tongue. Look how dangerous that is really. Those who cannot brittle their tongue but think they are religious are fooling themselves. I mean, if you just think about the implications of that. Are you one of those people? Who thinks that they serve God and they worship God with all of their soul and all of their heart. But yet, they can't seem to control the words that they speak. They can't seem to stop themselves from engaging in meaningless conversations. They can't seem to stop themselves from listening correctly. They can't seem to be slow to anger. They get angry easily. They get violent easily. They get irritated, pissed off, you know. You allow all sorts of manner of offenses to just affect your heart. Are you really that kind of person? Because the Bible says that that kind of person, their worship is worthless. So if we don't want our worship to be worthless, we must must apply the QSS protocol to our lives. We must be quick to listen to the voice of the word of God. The voice of the word of God is the Holy Spirit. 
We must be quick to listen to his voice. We must be slow to anger. We must be thoughtful, patient listeners. <clears throat> and we must be slow to speak as well. So we must be a speaker of carefully chosen words. Sorry, I'm just going to turn off my phone. I should have done that. Oh, it's a new phone. I have no idea how to turn it off. How do you? Excuse me. Right. Right. So, finally, we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And I just want us to repeat that over and over and over in our heads and in our hearts. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. So, I hope that this has blessed you in one way or another. And I just want you to think to yourself that my, your religion and your worship is not worthless. Just think today. Am I, <clears throat> sorry, I mean, am I one of those people who is slow to listen, in a hurry to speak, and in a hurry to get angry? If you are one of those people, then I hope that you're able to find the conviction today to change. I hope you've gained something valuable out of this today. And I pray that you stay blessed in Jesus' name.